deciding who wins the game on this call. Under review. The call on the field stands. Touchdown. After review, it has been determined that the receiver did not maintain. Quarterback's arm is going forward. That's the worst call in the history of all sports. Welcome to another bad call where the refs aren't the only ones who get it wrong. I'm your host, Justin West, and my sidekick here is a man who's never seen a ref make a call that he's agreed with, JD. (laughs) What's going on, buddy? How we doing, man? Uh, You know, I'd be better if we watched this or uh, started recording like three hours ago. This game's been a real flusher, at least for me. Well, it's been, uh, there's a lot of points scored, mostly by Pittsburgh. And uh, I, I, I guess if, if you're not a fan of the Steelers, um, it, yeah. it, it probably hasn't been good for you. Uh, I'm, I got to tell you, before we get into the normal stuff and we start talking about our weeks, uh, I made a little trade just an hour before tonight's game, uh, trying to trying to save my season-long uh, prospects. So I decided to go all in on Kansas City, and I traded Roethlisberger and Fournette for Pat Mahomes and Isaiah Crowell. So far, he's got the better end of this deal. Little bit. You you want to go back to that one more time? You traded Roethlisberger and Fournette. Yeah, I. You know, for my first as for essentially Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because in this league, it's a uh, six points per passing touchdown league, so big premium on the quarterback. Um, I already have. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Uh, I'm I'm sitting in fourth overall in points, but I just keep getting gobsmacked every week by uh, like the other team throwing up their best week of the year. I'm I'm currently in eighth. Playoffs are reachable, but uh, I'm pretty much I may might be able to sustain one more loss this season. So. Being as Kansas City has had the most prolific offense so in the NFL so far, I figured my uh, I take my shot and and go all in on that Kansas City uh, Kansas City team. And Fournette, who knows that guy? He, he's just as likely to pull his hammy again this weekend. So yeah, that'll be really interesting to watch uh, what that team does if he is back healthy. Uh, get that run game going again. See if that defense is back. It'll it'll be interesting. That's a that's a ballsy trade. Yeah, well, sometimes <laughs> sometimes you know when you're faced with uh, you know elimination, you gotta you gotta throw all your chips on the table before before they dwindle down to nothing. Uh, definitely understand that one. Uh, especially, I mean, you are talking about a redraft, so it's not like you're holding on to these guys next year. Right, right. So, uh, 
with that being said, let's go ahead and uh, move this thing along here. Um, I, I'm a little, uh, I'm going to tell a little secret here. I've been on vacation this week, so I've already been drinking a little bit, and I got myself a nice uh, IPA from uh, Maplewood. I got a, it's called a Juice Pants. And it's it's real juicy. It's got a lot of flavor and some nice hop to it. And I'm pretty happy with what's going on here. So okay, number number one, it's never a secret that you've been drinking. Number two, juice pants does not sound like it's a <laughs> appetizing thing you want in your mouth. Well, when it's this beer, it is. Uh, I'm not going to say anything beyond that, but uh, I'm just going to have to take your word for it. And I got, I got another, uh, I got another beer here uh, to back me up. So a little something else, but if you tell me it's loaded pants, I'm out. I'm just dropping off the podcast right now. No, this, this other one that's coming up is it's called Hateful Eight. It's from Windmill Brewing. It's an Imperial Tres Leche Stout. With caramel and okay. hazelnut. That one at least sounds uh, not so dirty. <laughs> well, you know. Well, I am uh, I am continuing the sober thing going on here. I took a personal challenge to essentially only drink water or tea uh, for at least a week uh, and see how that does for the old dad bod. So I'm drinking a little rooibos tea this evening not nearly as excited as your juice pants well that's good at least one of us will be able to try to keep this thing on track so (laughs) with that being said how did uh, how did you fare out last week uh mixed bag uh we'll put it that way Uh, i ended up going actually uh, i believe 90 percent with my head-to-heads uh, which was nice in the the tenth. I played ten head-to-head matchups. Uh, one nine of them. The one I lost was by less than half a point. So I was right there with that lineup. Um, my tournaments did not go as well for me, unfortunately. And even if I had my cash lineup in those tournaments, I still don't do very very well. Uh, I had a high score of uh, one sixty four. But uh, real quick, we'll go back over my place from last week. I had Baker Mayfield uh, give me 18.88. Jordan Howard uh, in that game where he (laughs) did not have a ton of carries, uh, but he had two touchdowns, so he gave me 16.7 points. Mike Williams, 10 points. And uh, Michael Roberts, the flyer I took on the tight end from Detroit, only came back with 2.2 uh, that one was a little bit rough. Had he actually given me, um, you know, another eight points, I would have been in pretty good contention for some plays. Uh, it's hard to hard to say. I, you know, I'm getting a little. Everybody goes through these phases each year, I guess, where they're a little frustrated with their results and uh, forcing myself to keep with the process right now. Um, I've run into our weekly tournament. <laughs> uh, so Brian Campbell, who's been on the show with us, 
he's had a couple good weeks and I, I was hanging out with him on Sunday and I was teasing him, asking him and said, Hey, who's been setting your lineups? You know, who you've been going to for lineup advice. And he looked me dead square in the eye and goes, you know, I, I've totally just been tinkering and guessing, you know, 1130, you know, Sunday afternoon. And I'm like, that is the most frustrating thing to hear when you spend all this time researching and, you know, doing statistical smart plays to only lose to somebody that just throws people in at the last minute. So I'm trying real hard to stay, <laughs> stay the course at this point. Well, I'll tell you a lot like poker. I, let me keep playing those guys who are just uh, messing around because in the long run, in the long run, you get them. I know it can be frustrating in the short term. Um, and, and like I said, you know, you, you, you said you got nine, you won nine out of your 10 head to heads that, and that's what I've been trying to tell you. You got to play a little bit more cash and what you is, will offset your tournament plays, you know, um, for me, I had a, another profitable week. It wasn't, it wasn't big profit, but I'm, I get the arrow uh, pointing up, I won 24 out of my 35 head-to-heads. Um, again, I didn't really make much noise in any of the uh, tournaments. I did. I did have one lineup that cashed in the uh, uh, DFS Edge uh, Listener League, uh, which is is kind of my favorite tournament to play, GPP wise. Um, but as far as cash, I, I won my double up again and I, uh, consistently have here the last four weeks or so been, um, just got that arrow pointing in the up direction every week on the, uh, return, uh, from, and it's basically on the back of cash, you know, I'm playing like 80% cash, 20% tournament and uh you know it gives me the chance to take a shot to win some big money but but at the same time if i just uh, you know put in the work and know that i'm i'm putting the best plays out there uh i'm gonna you know not not lose it every week which which is how what becomes frustrating if you do lose every week so um i i went with uh my my cash line last week, I, I really settled, like, the first guy I settled into was Cam Newton. Uh, that matchup he had against Tampa Bay was just too good to pass up. And, uh, you know, he, he kind of, the result was probably his floor, but that's why you played him, uh, because, you know, you knew you were going to get 20 points. He got 21 points. Um I kind of ate the chalk a little bit with uh, Cortland Sutton. Everybody was using him as a value play. Uh, he was uh, 63% owned in the giant double up that I play. Uh, and he only really got 8.7. Another guy that hit his floor this week was Todd Gurley. You know, he got 20 points. And, and really at, at 9,500, that, that's the least amount you expect to get from him. But that's another reason you play him because 20 points is, is not easy to come by. Uh, and, and Travis Kelsey for me was like the smash play from a tight end perspective. And he went off and, you know, 
one more yard, he would have got the bonus and 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 really put put it over the top. But uh, it 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 was a good week. I I feel good about the process. You know, maybe maybe we should be talking a little bit in Sunday mornings before we settle on our lineups. Uh, give you a little insight into what we're doing here. But um, alas. Uh, that's week nine, and uh, we're moving on to week ten here. So uh, let's kind of dig in a little bit. What do you say? Yeah, let, let's get to it. I want to move past this nonsense that I've been watching tonight and <laughs> start talking about possibilities on Sunday. <laughs> Great. Uh, so, J.D., why don't you go ahead and tell us who you're looking at from quarterback? Since it's just the you and I, we're going to go ahead and give uh, – kind of a higher end play and then a value play we'll, we'll go back and forth we'll each give our high end play at a position and then uh then our our value play after we we both talk yeah so this week uh, uh, we'll start off uh, i'm looking at philip rivers uh, going to oakland coming in at six thousand Uh, It's not a terrible price. Again, you're talking about a guy that's got a pretty decent floor. Uh, Phillip Rivers has had himself a pretty good year. Uh, He's, excuse me, he's got over 2,200 yards. He's got 19 touchdowns at this point in time on three interceptions. Uh, He's got a a full complement of weapons, uh, you know, between Melvin Gordon and you got Austin Eckler in the background catching passes, Uh, Mike Williams, Tyrell Williams, Keenan Allen, uh, the I'm going to call him the aged wonder at this point in time in Antonio Gates. They're getting it done, and let's face it, Oakland is not good. Their defense really is not good, giving up the seventh most points to QBs, ninth most to running backs, 13th most to receivers, uh, sixth most to tight ends, all that, you know, courtesy of pro football focus. When you've got a team like that that is really uh, pushing – this year in a divisional game and just ready to hammer it home and make a statement. I want every bit of that I can get. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I like to play. Uh, I've been lately. What I've been saying is John Gruden has brought 1992 football back to Oakland. And uh, apparently he's brought the, the defensive players from his 92 squad back as well, because it, they have not been good. I, I really do like Philip Rivers. Uh, interesting stat is he is the only quarterback so far this year to throw for multiple touchdowns in every game. So I do like I do like where he sits. Ooh, that was a fun little bonus stat. Yeah, uh, kudos to you, sir. <laughs> Drew Brees is the guy I'm looking at at 6,300. He's at Cincinnati. Uh, New Orleans, that offense is humming right now. And the Cincinnati defense is giving up the most yards uh, passing per game at uh, just under 320 yards per game. Um, The... uh, receivers are are for drew Brees. he's got uh you know michael thomas and alvin kamara can take you know any screen pass for 60 some yards or or you know 
It, it really makes he, – he hasn't been throwing the ball as much this year, but it doesn't matter because he's still getting the stats, and Cincinnati is the matchup for him to do it against. And we'll see. Maybe they'll mix in a little bit of uh, their new acquisition, Des Bryant, this week. Yeah, so I was actually just going to ask you, do we see the X thrown up in Cincinnati this weekend? Uh, I mean, I think that's the popular uh, thing to say. Like, people, you know, they saw Amari Cooper went to Dallas and and he got he got his attention right away. But I'm not sure it happens for Dez. Really, he's coming in as probably the fourth or fifth option in this offense. I do see they put Cam Meredith on IR, which, uh, yeah, maybe maybe he does get on the field a little bit more, but he's got to learn the offense, and he hasn't been playing football. He's not even in any sort of football shape. So, if he- I do suspect that he's going to play. It'll be a limited number of snaps, but you're likely going to see him in the red zone. Those are going to be the plays. You know, just <laughs> you go out and do what you can to make yourself open. And in a situation where you've got Drew Brees, you know, I would not be shocked at all to see him get a touchdown. I'm not touching him this week. There's no way, but it wouldn't shock me. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't see it. But uh, I, I see him more as a decoy, if anything, this week. But um, I, I don't think it's a bad pickup for them to get some experience on there. I don't think that. At this point in his career, he's going to come in and really try to rock the boat or anything. So uh, I, I like that move for for the Saints and and that team. Yeah. Uh, they're they're certainly looking like the team that's uh, poised to uh, dominate that division. While I liked Atlanta at the beginning of the year, they just haven't been able to put it together. So how about uh, you go ahead and give us some uh, value? Yeah, uh, before I get to my quote-unquote value, a little mini rant on the whole Alvin Kamara can bust a play from anywhere. I got to tell you, I I tried to pivot last week, uh, you know, because I figured everybody's going to be doing Gurley, everybody's going to be doing Kamara. I I put Ingram in a lot of my lineups with the, uh, we'll call it poor logic of thinking, okay, they're going to try to really hammer – Mark Ingram to just run out the clock to keep the Rams off the field. And instead it just turned into a track meet. <laughs> so screw you, Sean Payton moving on. Another, uh, an- another <laughs> bad call. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good at him. So uh, speaking of bad calls, Alex Smith is going to be my value play. Uh, there's not a ton of separation. Uh, the pricing on QBs is is pretty tight. Uh, you know, the, there's nobody too out of control. I would say, so you're only talking about a $700 jump, but that can make a big difference. Uh, sorry, between Philip Rivers and Alex Smith, that can make a big difference when you're trying to squeeze in some other people into your lineup. But uh, Alex Smith has not been great this year. I'm not going to sugarcoat. You know, not even going to try to front that part of it. Honestly, he's getting played in this game because it's Tampa. And Tampa is just giving up all the points. Uh, 
averaging 25 points a game to QBs, 28 to running backs, 45 to receivers. <laughs> like, I mean, they're just, they are just giving up points in bunches. Uh, my one concern with this game or with playing Alex Smith is that his offensive line is pretty much on injured reserve at this point. So we'll see if Tampa can get any sort of defense rolling. But if you're looking for a lower end price point, I don't think Alex Smith is a bad play uh, for your bigger tournament or GPP plays. Yeah, you kind of just took the words out of my mouth. His almost entire offensive line is uh, out this week. So it's pretty much all backups. Uh, His... You know, one of his better receivers and Crowder is not going to be there. I I see why you, you would want to play him against Tampa. And, and I don't think it's a terrible play. But for me, I think this is, uh, this is one of the guys that I was going to maybe bring up in that uh, chalk bust segment because uh, I, I do think he probably is going to be a little – bit owned in, in some GPPs because of his price and his matchup. Uh, I actually think that the Washington D kind of slows this game down a little bit. And unless Tampa puts up a bunch of points, Alex Smith isn't going to be trying to throw it downfield too much. So, um, like I said, it, it makes sense from a matchup standpoint. Uh, unfortunately, it, it, and, and Chris Thompson's not going to play, which really hurts uh, that. So, um, but if you're taking flyers, that that's that's uh, certainly the kind of defense to do it against. Yeah, that's why you know GPP play more than anything or your really big tournaments. Definitely not somebody I'm talking in cash. Okay, uh, myself uh, value wise. I'm I'm looking at Andrew Luck this week. He's uh, 5,500 against uh, at home against a Jacksonville defense, who has been okay, but they haven't been what they were last season. Um, Andrew Luck has reached 20 plus points in his last four games. Uh, Jacksonville D has given up 20 plus points to a quarterback in three out of the last four games. Um, the uh, Andrew Luck, he you know he's he's in line for comeback player of the year. Everybody was wondering about that shoulder uh, coming into the season. Uh, and, and here's another little thing stat that I kind of pulled out um, a few weeks ago. I I had identified a uh, weak point that uh, Trubisky was going to be able to find. Um, from his strong point and, and looking at some stats on sharp football stats, Andrew Luck has a 132 passer rating uh, in the deep left quadrant and Jacksonville defense gives up a 131 passer rating deep left. So not only um, is, is there a nice soft spot for Andrew Luck, but it might be uh, a, decent uh time to take a little flyer on ty hilton as well yeah this game is just so 
interesting to me because obviously this defense had all the hype coming in this year. And, you know, I said it before. I thought this defense was going to be better this year than they were last year. You know, injuries, circumstances, that sort of thing have taken their toll on them, obviously. The thing is, their defense hasn't been bad. Is that their offense hasn't been able to stay on the field long enough to give their defense any rest. Uh, is, in my opinion, what the problem has been. I'll be curious to see, with it being a divisional game and with Fournette supposedly back and healthy, if that changes things a little bit. Because Indianapolis' defense isn't great either. So uh, I'm curious to see if this game ends up being like a a 17-13 type game. Or if Indianapolis just blows the doors off of them. Yeah, that's uh, it's. I don't. I could see it being a low-scoring matchup, but Indianapolis pretty much has been playing in some high-scoring games, and um, while I, I couldn't, I don't know if I could pull the trigger. I was even looking at a little bit at Blake Bortles because he's sub five thousand this week, and uh, he's probably going to be super low owned. But yeah, I, I think if you're going to do a, a GPP play, <laughs> you know, what's it going to go? Oh, well, I mean, it depends on what type of stakes you're playing, I guess, but he'd be, he'd be worth a shot just based off the matchup. Sure. But uh, let's go ahead and move it on to uh, running back. And why don't you uh, lead us off here? Yeah, I'm going to go with the simple one, uh, and we'll make it real quick. Todd Gurley. Yes, he's 9,400, but the guy is just balling out this year. And the last time he faced Seattle, uh, I believe he had uh, four total – no, three, sorry, three touchdowns. The time before that when he played Seattle, he had four total touchdowns. Uh, 77 yards, three touchdowns on the ground. Uh, four receptions for 36 yards against them uh, the last time that they played. And like I said, the guy is just putting up points every week. I don't think he's had less than – I'm sorry, last week he had less than 20 points in DraftKings. That was was the first time he's actually been under 25 points. Real quick this year, 26 points, 32 points, 28, 25, 33, 39, 30, 36, 19 yeah, that's a hell. That's a hell of a floor. Just a hell of a floor. And again, a divisional game where they seem to have something figured out. And against Seattle, like I said, his last two games against Seattle, he has just been on fire. I'm going to take every bit of Todd Gurley this week. I can. He will be in every lineup. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to argue against Todd Gurley. He's been the most productive running back so far this year. From. Uh, fantasy standpoint especially on DraftKings it's uh like you said he had a floor game last week it was 19.9 points uh, and there's it's kind of hard to find that most of these guys if you're looking at a floor game it's it's sub 10 points and and it's uh really uh, that that that's the kind of especially in a cash game that's that's what you're going to want the only problem I see is he 
because of his success, he probably is going to be a little higher owned in tournaments and, and whatnot. Um, and while I will have some of him, I'm not going to go all of him just because there are several high-end running backs this week that have prime matchups. And so I'm going to want to be able to get a piece of some of these other guys like the guy that I'm looking at in Kareem Hunt. Um, Kareem Hunt is 8,500. He's at home versus Arizona. Arizona is giving up uh, 6.1 points above um, uh, PPR points above average uh, to the running back position per Mike Beers, on, uh, who puts out uh, Beers' report on Twitter every week. He's got some real nice stats. Um, Arizona is giving up a whopping 143 rushing yards per game. Uh, and Kareem Hunt is this kind of bell cow. He, he's already got 13 total touchdowns this year, and the Kansas City offense has an implied total of 33.25 uh, in Vegas this week, which is I, – I can't even re- remember an implied total that high so far this year. Uh, it, it leaves a fact. They're, they're like a 17-point favorite, and I, I just think this is a home run play. Yeah, again, how do you argue against playing Todd Gurley, Kareem Hunt? Uh, I hate to say it. I, I mean, you can make an argument for Kamara sometimes just because of the way they, they game script with uh, Ingram. Uh, but it, it's so hard to take any of these top-tier running backs and say, I don't like the spot they're in because their floor is so high. You know, But again, that's why your prices are up there. Well, so. and that's the other thing. And Melvin Gordon has a juicy matchup. I'm not going to throw out stats on him this week either, but um, he's going against Oakland. We already talked about that game. And uh, the the problem is you can't fit Gurley, Hunt, and Gordon in a lineup, I don't think. I haven't tried yet, but I don't think you can fit all three because they're all above 8,000. So. Well, those that'll be the situation where you're, you're playing Bortles and then uh, whoever the third tight end is for Cleveland. To, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. That'll be fun. We should we should try to make a lineup with uh, Gurley, Hunt, and Gordon and just see what happens. Uh, you have to fill out the other six spots with 23,000. Interesting because... I think O'Shaughnessy is back, so if you paired him with Bortles, yeah, we'll have to get in on that a little later. <laughs> uh, just just to see if we can do it. I might have to put that one in like a $3 play action or something. Stay, stay tuned to our uh, social media accounts to see what it looks like if you put that uh, three-headed monster in. Oh, man. And the good news is nobody follows our social media accounts, so if we put it out there in the public, we're not going to get like a huge <laughs> ownership bump on that lineup. <laughs> what, what, what kind of value have you found at running back, bud? Oh, I'm not even going to go value on it, I, and I'm not going to flood you with stats. I'm just going to give you the revenge narrative. Uh, I'm going to go Deion Lewis this week, uh, going 4,800, going against New England. New England coming into Tennessee, obviously. Uh, you and I talked a little bit about this. 
you've got Vrabel played for the Patriots. You've got Lewis. He played for the Patriots. Are they going to try to stick it to Belichick? Uh, they're going to try. I don't think it's going to work, but they're going to try. I suspect them to be down in this game, and we know when Tennessee gets down, it's Deion Lewis time uh, because Derrick Henry is not great at receiving out of the backfield. So uh, Deion Lewis is going to be my guy. I think he's going to get uh, you know probably six, seven targets at a minimum in this game, and if he can catch you know four or five balls, 60 yards at 4,800, why not? Don't don't hate the play, uh, it, yeah. Definitely narrative game all 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 around there. Um, I actually think Belichick finds about six different ways to try to stick it to uh, Lewis and Vrabel, but uh, it, at forty eight hundred, he definitely is. I, I don't even think you need to say when they're behind because I think Tennessee has figured out that Deion Lewis is the better back. Mike Henry just. Or Derrick Henry, Mike Henry, yeah. Derrick Henry uh, just uh, doesn't have any real lateral quickness. He's just straight into the back of the line. We kind of talked about that a little bit the other night. I, I don't, I don't love him. I thought he coming out was going to have a little bit more to him, but he hasn't developed the pass receiving, or, or he just doesn't have. He's got some speed, but he doesn't have the quickness to, to get through the hole. So. Um, Deion Lewis is the better running back there in Tennessee and at 4,800, um, you know, New England's defense has been decent, but they haven't been great so far this year. Uh, I don't mind taking some shots at him. The value I found, and I know you were looking at this guy too. Um, and, and part of me hates to really mention him because he went off last week and I think he is going to be a little bit chalky, but going up against Atlanta who just, for some, whatever reason, has not figured out how to defend a pass-catching running back. Uh, Duke Johnson for 4700 Um I, I really uh, think that, that he's, he's a good play again this week. Um, Atlanta's D has given up over 20 drafting points to seven different running backs this year. Uh, in the, the last five games, Atlanta has given up uh, plus 4.8 PPR points to running backs. And then the, the new coaching regime in Cleveland uh, in their first game calling uh, the plays, uh, Duke went for nine receptions, 78 yards, and two touchdowns. And this game has um, got an over 50 implied total, so... Uh, there's some points to be had there. Yeah, uh, 100% agree. I think Duke Johnson is a borderline actually a chalk play this week uh, just because the suspicion is that they're going to be down and down early and that they're going to have to be playing a lot of catch-up and because Atlanta has not been good against pass-catching backs uh, this year. So... Uh, love that play. Uh, that area across the middle with Atlanta uh, opens up a door for Njoku. Uh, not going to talk about him later or a whole lot right now, but uh, just another, we'll call it a bonus option this week. You know how much I love me some Njoku. Oh, yeah. He's, he's your favorite. <laughs> so. JD, Hearts, Njoku. So. Uh, I do. I want, I want that bumper sticker. 
I, like I said, I think that Johnson's going to be a little bit chalky. I actually don't think that I want to play him in cash because of that whole floor aspect. He he could really come up with nothing, but definitely going to have some pieces of him in tournaments. Um, let's go ahead and move on to wide receiver. Yeah, so I'm going to go back to that Tennessee-New England game uh, and uh, kind of go with that same narrative that we were talking about a little bit. Uh, again, Malcolm Butler used to play for the Patriots. We all know Belichick said, hey, you're not playing in the Super Bowl. And everybody's like, what the hell? And it turns out it's because he's not very good. So uh, I think he may prove a point with Josh Gordon this week. Uh, Gordon and Brady are starting to get on the same page, which from a fantasy owner standpoint, if you've held on to Josh Gordon, this is your dream scenario. You know, this was – Oh my God, I'm the best fantasy manager ever. Uh, this is this just spells bad news for the league. So uh, I'm buying into the hype. I think Josh Gordon is going to embarrass Malcolm Butler this week. Um, that's uh, yeah, I like that play. I, I don't know. There, there's so many targets to go around in New England that I don't know that I can pull the trigger on Gordon and Cash. But he definitely has been getting a lot more involved in the games there for New England. And uh, maybe uh, maybe rather than Rivers, you should have been talking up some uh, Tom Brady and a, and a full game stack there. Um, I will never talk up Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a guy that doesn't need talking up since he is the GOAT. But... Uh, <laughs> The, the guy, the top receiver that I'm looking at on the board this week is Michael Thomas. Uh, you know, he pairs well with that Drew Brees play that I was talking about. Michael Thomas is a freak. Can't guard Mike. I And, you know, he, he, he did the whole uh, Joe Horn and pulled the cell phone out of the, out of the, uh, Goalposts and uh, a flip phone. He pulled a damn. He, flip he phone. not not only did <laughs> he had a flip phone in both goalposts just in case. No matter. I mean that guy, freaking Michael Thomas is leading the league at with a freaking eighty nine percent catch rate per the NFL Next Gen stats. Um, he's the highest rated receiver in my model, which really doesn't happen very often with with a high price guy um, but he's got a 35 percent advantage uh, rating in a wide receiver cornerback matchup per pro football focus um, the New Orleans uh, Saints have a 29.75 implied total and uh, Michael Thomas garners a 31.58 percent um, targeted air yards. Uh, for New Orleans, I, I just the guy's a freak, and, and you, you're gonna want to keep playing him. Yeah, I mean you can't argue his catch rate is out of control. He's got 880 yards this season on 70 receptions. He's averaging over 12 yards a catch. Like it, it's just absurd the way he's being used and how productive he's like just consistent. I mean that. 
he almost was he was a little under the radar coming into the season and i don't think he'll ever be under a radar again this guy's just out of control right now he's just having one of those years oh definitely i think he's uh he's climbed up and grabbed himself one of those top three wide receiver spots in the league and uh, he's probably set to be there for a couple of years now so oh yeah 100 percent agree so uh you got any value for us this week? We'll call it attempted value. Um, I'm going to go back and I'm going to do my stack. I, I mentioned Alex Smith, and I'm going to talk about uh, Maurice Harris uh, this week, a receiver for Washington. As you said, uh, Crowder's hurt. Paul Richardson just went on IR. So you're left with uh, Josh Dotson, who I don't think has gone over 59 yards um, in his NFL career, and Mo Harris, Jordan Reed, who you know is a stub toe away from not playing the rest of the year. Uh, Chris Thompson's out, and uh, from what we're hearing from uh, the other Gruden is that Harris can play any receiver spot on the field, which means they can move him around, they can use him how they want to. He, too, has a good uh, catch rate, 77%. Now, granted, that is on a much smaller scale. He's only got 27 targets. But still, you know, that's a that's a decent catch rate right there. And since they don't have any other options really to throw to, uh, I suspect he's going to de- get a decent number of targets thrown his way. Uh, we saw last week he went off for 10 targets. And if he gets you know, let's say seven targets at 3,900 going against one of the worst defenses in the league. It's hard to pass on that. Yeah. I, I can't argue with this play at all. This guy is somebody I'm I'm starting to really look at for cash so I can fit some of the higher price guys in. Um, Speaking of which real (laughs) quick, you can, you can fit all three of those running backs that we mentioned with Mo Harris in your lineup. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I I, I like him. He's uh, I tried to play him a little bit uh, a few weeks ago when he was really under the radar. He, he looked like he was close to popping. And now, yeah, with Richardson and Crowder down. Uh, and for some reason, uh, Alex Smith just hasn't been able to get on the same page with Jordan Reed. And you say he's, you know, a stub toe away from being out, but – this has been his healthiest season in years, um, and and they still can't get on the same page. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's not like that's a feat. I mean, the guy hasn't played more than five games in a season. No, has he? but he hasn't missed any time this year. He's been been healthy, and I don't I don't know what what the deal is. You would think that Alex Smith would be all over the tight end. He he threw it to Kelsey all you know a bunch last year. And, I don't know what's going on there with that. It's just something where they haven't been able to hook up. Um, I It just goes to show how important your system is when you're talking about it. So it's not just a QB wanting to throw to his tight ends. You know, it's a system and a scheme. Well, yeah, and even last week, I think uh, Reed did get a little bit banged up and <laughs> – and Vernon Davis come in and got a couple of catches and was involved in the offense. So 
I don't know. It's just something strange going on there. Maybe maybe Jordan Reed stole Alex Smith's girlfriend when they were in college or something. I don't know. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> there's your revenge narrative. <laughs> uh, one of the uh, value plays I was looking at at wide receiver this week is Anthony Miller for the Bears. Uh, 3,700, they're at home versus Detroit. Um, Detroit defense is bottom five on first down yardage allowed. Uh, Allen Robinson is due back this week, which is kind of one of the reasons Miller was a little bit more involved, but he's still playing in the three receiver sets, and Robinson is going to be shadowed probably by Darius Slay. Um Miller's got a 21% advantage per pro football focus versus Nevin Lawson. And uh, per that uh, Mike Beers that I mentioned earlier, uh, the Beers report, Detroit gives up uh, plus 4.05 DK points to number three wide receivers. Uh, I think it's a real nice matchup for Miller on, uh, you know, for 3,700. Somebody I'm going to be probably uh fitting into a few of my tournament lineups yeah that one's a that one's a fun play uh i drafted anthony miller in my dynasty league so i've been watching him very closely guy runs really good routes uh tough with the ball uh he's pretty good at getting making those contested catches too Uh, and as you mentioned uh that three spot is where you attack Detroit with receivers. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what uh, Nagy comes up with to get him involved. And uh, as we've said before, as a Bears fan, uh, I hope you're right. I hope Miller goes off this week. And uh, the the power running back lineup that we've been mentioning, you could put uh, Anthony Miller in there as well. And uh, you, you might be able to get out of the Blake Bortles O'Shaughnessy stack <laughs> if we have those two in there. Well, and look, I'm uh, another stat I saw on Twitter this week, uh, and I really I wish I remembered where I saw, but um, Miller is averaging 2.7 yards of separation per per route, um, which is, puts him in the same uh, conversation as like Antonio Bryant, um, a couple other guys like that. I kind of did some digger uh, deeper digging into it, and there, uh, I think Michael Thomas is like four yards. He so the, he's not in the top five or anything, Anthony Miller, but he's definitely above average in that yards uh, of separation per per route run, and it it just does go to show how well he is as a rookie at uh, coming and running his routes and. And he's got some real nice hands. I I, I like like the pick for the Bears anyway. So let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, move on to tight end here. And what, what do you got for us? I'm gonna go with James. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm gonna go back to the well, even though this guy has killed me a little bit uh, with CJ Uzama uh, going up against New Orleans. Uh, he's for, for the most part, he's been targeted a decent amount. Uh, he got blanked, what, two weeks ago. They were on their bye last week. So he got blanked two weeks ago when he was in a just an amazing matchup, and they didn't, they didn't use it. But 
they're going to have to do something this week because New Orleans is going to come in and likely score a decent amount of points. You got no AJ Green. So you have Tyler Boyd, who's going to be drawing your number one attention. You got John Ross, who pulls his hamstring every time he jogs, it, it, it seems like. So outside of that, you've got a couple receivers that most most people probably haven't heard of. So he's going to have to go to somebody that he trusts. And, uh, you know, so I'm going to say you've got Boyd mixing and you've got Uzama. I think there's going to be plenty of targets to go around when you're from behind uh, trying to catch up to these Saints. So, uh, you know, it's, it's decent value at 3700 in my opinion. Yeah, it's interesting. The the, uh, the tight end group is, is hard to separate, you know, high end from value because aside from one or two guys at the at the real top there's most of you guys anybody over 3500 could be considered a premium type tight end Uzama you're you're right he's gonna need to be involved uh, because with the loss of AJ Green uh, John Ross is really only running one of those you know, flag route, you know, seam route type, type plays, uh, and, uh, and has been injured quite a bit. Um, I, I, <laughs> I got, a, I got burned a couple of weeks ago by Uzoma when I put him in my cash lineup. I think it was probably the same week you were talking up in Joku and he put up a zero spot as well. So it, it but it, it does, it does look like he's going to have to be a part of this offense. And um, it's, it's, it's a good, decent play. I think Uh, the guy I'm looking at on the high end here. And I talked about this guy before and he didn't even play that week. Um, But he looks like he's back. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm laughing because we both said Duke Johnson this week. So there's a good chance everybody check. Sorry, all yeah. four of you check lineups before Sunday. Absolutely. There's a chance Duke Johnson doesn't play. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm talking about Ron, Rob Gronkowski, and he fits right in with your Bill Belichick narrative to try to bury Tennessee. And unfortunately, I don't have a lot of stats from this year that support playing Rob Gronkowski this week. Uh, Tennessee is pretty decent against the tight end. And, um, you know, Gronk hasn't really done a whole lot this year. The thing is, is I, I think Gronk has probably got, uh, I think, I think he's got the most touchdowns per route run in NFL history. The guy is a freak of nature and I've never seen him down at this low below 6,000 bucks. He's at, 5,600 this week. Um, it's just call this one a gut play, I, I think. Yeah, this is going to have to be a gut play. Uh, one, because we're still not even sure he's actually going to play the game at this point, to my knowledge. Uh, and I, Tennessee is actually the best team against tight ends <laughs> this year so far. Well, he I mean, he, he's definitely the kind of guy who, who breaks the mold. Uh, I think he's been practicing in full the past couple of days, which leads you to believe he's, he is going to play this week. So, uh, but I'm not like I said. I don't have a whole lot to 
to go on here. It's just that uh, seeing him down at that price just is too juicy. I, I don't trust him enough to put him in, in a cash lineup uh, at that at that price. But um, it's just... I, I will say this, that Tennessee being the best against tight end, just if you go back and look at who they've played, um, they've played Miami, Houston, Jacksonville, Philadelphia. So okay, you're talking. So, they've they've got Jasicki, Thomas. Uh, well, yeah, and Thomas Thomas wasn't even really playing yeah. that much at that point in time. You're talking so, Jordan Akins and Ryan Griffin, right. and then Jacksonville. Who knows? Because all their tight ends have been going to IR this year. Sure. Uh, Philadelphia, you actually have Zachert, so that's a good one. Buffalo, we all know what they are this year. Uh, Baltimore, who if you can pick out one of their four tight ends that is actually going to play that week, you've got the chargers who it's Antonio Gates and Virgil green. They're not doing anything. And then Dallas who, when they just played Dallas, they didn't even have their number one tight end for the week. So they're, they're number one against tight ends, but they haven't really played any tight ends. (laughs) So, So plays, I think he's in a good spot. If he plays. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's playing this week. And, um, uh, you know, it's Gronk. He's, like, he's he's pretty freaking awesome. So, anyhow, let's go ahead and move on to our value plays at tight end. Yeah, one last thing real quick. I'm sorry, but on Gronk, you're right. It, at 5,600, if he plays, I don't know how you don't put him in your lineup. Because that's probably the lowest he's been since the third week of his career. Um, my value play since, is going to be since Aaron Hernandez was in the league. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so many jokes. So my value play is going to be Nick Vanette for Seattle, uh, 2,700 uh, going against the Rams. Uh, again, this is a situation for me where Russell Wilson's got to throw the ball to to somebody. Uh, you know, Baldwin's getting back healthy. Uh, Tyler Lockett doesn't get enough targets, in in my opinion. Uh, so they're going to have to go to the tight end a little bit. It, it's hard to find value at tight end, you know, because I, I hear uh, JJ Zacharyson of Number Fire you know, does a late round QB. He he does his. Uh, you know, who who should you play columns and uh, or start sits? And actually, anybody will tell you it's hard to say a tight end to to sit because if you can find one that can score points, you got to put him, you know, you got to start him. Uh, Vanette can score points. Uh, the problem is you don't know if it's going to be him or Ed Dixon from week to week at this point. Uh, but. I'm going to take my chance on this one because I think they're going to be playing from behind. They're going to be passing the ball a lot, and those targets got to go somewhere. Okay, I don't really have a whole lot to say about that. I, I know he's uh, he's been involved. That, that's been a real interesting uh, offensive uh, dynamic there in Seattle this year. Uh, they, they definitely are going to have to try to keep up points-wise. So I'm not going to On that note. I will have some shares of Russell Wilson this week. Just saying. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've heard some chatter about that. That's not, not terrible. Um, 
<laughs> so I'm going to bring in my value play here at tight end, which is Trey Burton, who who comes in at uh, $200 more than than your premium play <laughs> of uh, CJ Ozoma. <laughs> but uh, Trey Burton, um, again, playing Detroit. Detroit's allowing uh, positive four points over expectation to the tight end over the last five games. Uh, Burton, uh, per Fantasy Labs, is, is only projected at like a – somewhere between 2 and 4% ownership. Uh, and he's averaging um, uh, plus 5 points over expected um, f- through the last month as, you know, the Bears and Trubisky have settled into this Matt Nagy offense. Uh, he's, he's come on after uh, a slow start to the season. And... Uh, <clears throat> On Fantasy Labs, in my model, Trey Burton is uh, popping as the number one tight end with a 96% bargain rating. Yeah. Uh, The way they use him makes him playable pretty much week to week. Uh, Last week was the first week where he didn't have at least four targets this year. Uh, You know, and I mean, (laughs) even with only three targets, uh, two catches, 28 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, you know, so what's that, 10.8 points uh, on a $3,900 investment? That's a pretty decent return. Uh, I think he he's playable just about every single week. Uh, I don't mind that play at all. Uh, I think he's 100% viable in cash. Oh yeah, I, I definitely think you you brought up last week the Bears were playing Buffalo and it wasn't really uh, much of a challenge. They didn't even need to press to get Khalil Mack and Allen Robinson back on the field. I don't know if they could have, but it sounded like probably if they really needed them, they could have. Buffalo is just that bad. Uh, this being a divisional matchup, I think they're going to have to keep the pedal on the floor a little bit more. Uh, they want to. The Bears are going to want to maintain their uh, first place position. Um, as long as they could, uh, you know, control the the game a little bit, you know, with with their running game and their short passing game, which includes Trey Burton quite a bit. Uh, I, th- I think it's uh, it's a good play. So. Yeah, I I like that play. I, I really do. Um... He's, his floor isn't super high, but then again, most tight ends, your floor isn't super high. Uh, but his ceiling, <laughs> I mean, his ceiling's probably in the neighborhood of, you know, I don't know, 15, 20 points. So. Yeah, I definitely think that he's he's viable for that. So uh, since it's just uh, you and I this week, and we kind of thought we'd try and focus in on uh, maybe just one game in the week, and and it's not gonna not to say that there's uh, it's the best game to play a bunch of players from, but uh, it's kind of gonna take a little bit deeper dive. Let's let's go ahead and talk about this Washington Tampa game a little bit more than the guys that we've already talked about. I know you talked up uh, Alex Smith, but Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, this guy at 5,900 looks like he could be a, 
a pretty decent play because he's got he's shown um, through the games that he's played this year that he's got a pretty high ceiling. Yeah, it's uh, Conor McGregor 2.0 uh, with that beard. Uh, funny, I I did not know this. Uh, this is just me, you know. I guess not paying attention. That one of his nicknames, obviously, we all know is Fitzmagic. Another one is the Amish Rifle. I did not know that until today. I was very entertained by that. Uh, obviously, due to that amazing, amazing beard that he has. Um, obviously, he's he's playable. Streaming QB. Everybody knows Winston's out. You know, every time Fitzmagic is in, with the exception of against the Bears, who have been pretty good against most QBs, uh, has had one hell of a year. Uh, Washington is not great on defense. Uh, if I'm reading this correctly, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, they give up the ninth most points to, to QBs, ninth most points to receivers. So, play Fitzpatrick, play Mike Evans, play Deshaun Jackson. Uh, I'm going to say stay away from Godwin because that connection seems to have gone the way. Uh, play Adam Humphreys. Uh, he's going to be a little bit of a cheaper value. Uh, I, I really I, hold back up there a second. I, I wonder why you um, you're saying stay away from Godwin. I know in this last game he didn't go to Godwin as much, but Godwin had his better success this season while playing with uh, Fitzpatrick earlier in the year. And uh, Humphreys is more of a guy who. Uh, who uh, Winston had relied upon. So I'm kind of interested in that. I know uh, Deshaun Jackson was a little um, frustrated earlier, you know, a couple weeks ago at at his involvement in the offense. But uh, Godwin is a guy that seems to be – Found quite a bit in the end zone this year when uh, when Mike Evans is double covered. Um, four total catches in the last two weeks. That that's my that's my problem here. Four total catches. Okay, well, yeah, I, I can see that. <laughs> I, I just think like if you're looking at tournament stuff, a uh, guy who who might get under owned, um, and and really, like I said, he had his success more when Fitzpatrick was starting earlier in the season. And so two weeks ago, Winston started a game. And uh, I, I don't know. It, it's, I don't hate him uh, from a tournament play standpoint. I think it's one of those guys that uh, could could pop out of nowhere with, like, two touchdowns. So Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, just real quick, Humphreys with uh... – the Amish rifle, because it's fun to say, uh, in his first three games of the season went, uh, this is obviously with him, five targets, two targets, five targets. In those first three games, he had seven targets in that game against Chicago. Um, I don't have the stat on which you know, which half those obviously came in. Uh, and then last week had eight targets with Fitzpatrick. So I'm not going to say 
you know, he doesn't target him as much or whatever, you know, because we all know it can it can fluctuate week to week with with either receiver. Uh, the the trend line for me says that if I'm going to pick somebody outside of Jackson or Evans, I'm going to lead towards Humphreys right now. But you're right when you're talking about tournaments at GPP, everybody's probably thinking that way too. So pivoting to Godwin's not a bad play. Uh, my big one that I'm going to tell you to absolutely play OJ Howard. Yeah, no, that's it. that's that's the other uh, tight end that you've got had a lot of love for this year beyond Njoku, and and I can't argue. I think Howard, uh, he's just like on the cusp of becoming like this thing. I know last year he was ready to pop, and he he definitely has the ceiling, uh, but at fifty three hundred, he could be a little tough to fit in some lineups yeah he's he's definitely uh, <laughs> a little bit pricier he's gonna be harder to fit in there you're gonna have to do some value um, but <laughs> you know his floor is pretty good we'll just put it that way I don't know I'll have to look I'm, I'm not sure what his uh, what his lowest fantasy points for a full game this year has been but needless to say, um, oh, I'm sorry. He's only scored under 10 points once this year. Yeah. He, and that was week one. Uh, well, he took a zero against Chicago, but um, that, he, he's, he's been uh, pretty, pretty stable relative. Um, oh, you're right. Sorry, he didn't play that game. He had three targets that game. Yeah, yeah. That, that that game was kind of an outlier for them. The Bears just completely uh dominated them. So Yeah. Um I I like I like the OJ Howard play. He's he's certainly interesting. At running back in this game, um Tampa really doesn't have much at running back, you know. Uh, Ronald Jones is out. Peyton Barber was a little banged up. It looks like he's probably going to pay, and he's super cheap. But he just does not get um, a whole lot of um, a whole lot going from a running standpoint. And uh, he had one decent game against Atlanta, but who hasn't? So. Um, I, I don't love him. I could see uh, Washington try to control the game a little bit um, with Adrian Peterson, but if Tampa gets gets up on them, then uh, Peterson's not a great uh, pass-catching back. So uh, without Chris Thompson, which is a, a big factor, you could see a little bit more Capri Bibbs. Yeah, um, they're, I think they're going to have a tough time controlling the clock by running the ball uh, just because, I mean, we saw last week, you know, the, the game against Atlanta, uh, Peterson was a chalk play almost. You know, everybody was like, you, you know, you play your running backs against Atlanta. And Atlanta came in there and just said, yeah, no, that's not happening this week. With all the injuries to their offensive line, um, I'm not sure that I would – play Adrian Peterson this week uh, but yeah he, 
uh, Capri Bibbs, if the Fitz magic is a real thing this week, uh, you know, and they get Deshaun Jackson over the top early and go up, you know, 14 nothing in the first quarter, you may see a lot more Bibbs this week. Sure. GPP play though, oh. totally a GPP play. Don't even, don't even, you know, mumble the word cash around Capri Bibbs. <laughs> yeah, and and like, and that's like, you know, when we're saying GPP play, I'm I'm saying if you're somebody who's putting like twenty or more lineups out there, you might want, you might want to throw him in one lineup. He's not somebody I'm gonna have a whole lot going on. Um, even if I was a, a mass multi-enterer with uh, hundred plus lineups, I, I he'd be lo- he'd be below five percent. But you know he, he he might be part of that player pool anyway because Tampa D stinks. Yeah, so let let's rapid fire here. You, you up for a little rapid fire quick question on this game? Yeah, absolutely. All right, which QB do you play, Smith or Fitzpatrick? Fitzpatrick. Your number one running back to play out of this game. I'm not playing any. <laughs> Receiver, who do you want? Um, you're going to put a gun in my head. I'm going to say Mike Evans. but. All right, and tight end? Tight end, O.J. Howard, lock it in. Would you touch either one of these defenses? <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh, Fitzpatrick likes to throw it to the other team, so Washington could be a nice flyer. I don't know. Yeah, they they would be an interesting uh, off the wall. Let's just see what happens. Defense, uh, especially if you are trying to. Well, yeah, they're a three thousand dollar defense, so I don't know. Well, that's, that's interesting. Well, that's because Fitzpatrick likes to throw the ball, and he likes people to catch it. And sometimes he doesn't care which team it is. So, yeah, he's he's just chucking and seeing who's catching it. Yeah, so I totally agree with the with Howard and staying away from any of the running backs. Uh, I like how you dodged that question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna flip to the other side though. Uh, I I would take. I'm going to do my stack. I'm going to go with Alex Smith and, and Mo Harris, uh, and then obviously play uh, Howard. I think if you're putting together a tournament lineup, that's the combination you want, and it's pretty freaking low price. So then you can you can add in uh, some of the higher price guys uh, that you might like. Uh, beyond that, um, some of the other guys that we talked about this week. So. Um, I, I don't hate that. Uh, you seem to like Alex Smith this week. I think maybe that that might be where I want to place a bet on uh, value play. Do you want to do you want to do Andrew Luck versus Alex Smith total DraftKings points this week? Ooh, ooh, that one's interesting. Yeah, why not? Let's let's do it. I I'm really good at losing bets, so I might as well I might as well do it again. Well, and and I this is not a place that uh, I'm gonna be any. This is this will be embarrassing for me if I lose because uh, 
I know you brought up the Movember. We want to uh, bring that up a little bit. Uh, the uh, mustache growing and raising money for awareness for um, what was it? Men's prostate cancer, I think. Yeah, men's health. Men's health, basically. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm going to have a terrible mustache. But the loser of this bet is going to post on Thanksgiving a picture of whatever facial mustache they can grow from this uh, point forward. How, how about that? Yeah, I, I, I'm in. Uh, I uh, have the, uh, the shadow going on right now, so... I, I won't even start fresh with a shave. We'll just see how uh, how bad it is in two weeks. Uh, mine will still be a shadow by then. but uh, <laughs> and, 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 and patchy. And, <laughs> it'll fit right along with the name of the podcast. So, uh, um, yeah, so, so stay tuned in uh, two weeks to see what our, uh, our Thanksgiving stash is. And I can already tell you that my wife will not be happy if I lose. <laughs> uh, and, and that's part of the fun of it. So, yeah. um, hey, uh, it, it's a definitely an interesting week. There, there's some good games, and we're starting to have less teams on by. It's, uh, we got an 11 game versus the 10 games of the last couple of weeks slate, and then uh, moving on, uh, we next couple of weeks even even more games, but uh, we've got uh, good actionable statistical information from that is fully relevant from this year that we're going on. Uh, our processes are evolving and hopefully getting better. Uh, I know mine. I, I feel a lot more comfortable each week as, as I go into the slate. Uh, but, uh, I think, I think it's, it's fun. We appreciate the interaction that we've been getting. Uh, JD, where, where can people find you? Yeah. Find me in the usual spots, uh, at JD West 22 on Instagram, uh, and at Twitter or on Twitter. Uh, always looking, uh, always look forward to having user interaction, uh, comments, feedbacks. Love it. Great, and and I can be found on Twitter at Justin M West, on Instagram JMW nineteen seventy seven. You can find the show at Another Bad Call on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Email us Another Bad Call at gmail dot com, and you can read my weekly blog where I review my uh, cash game lineup from the previous Sunday. On I, that comes out on Mondays on anotherbadcall.com. dot uh, com. For JD, I'm Justin. Keep on listening so we can help you avoid making another bad call.